0: And conservatives have been doing this for decades, whenever reality has threatened to undermine their agenda, as with climate change or with Darwinian evolution. And now health experts and their knowledge are under fire from reality challenge conservatives, public health officials across the country. They're receiving death threats simply for trying to educate the public. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The
1: Bouncer Podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano, and we're on episode 17. Mike, we're going to start again with our obligatory, how are you?
0: Perplexed. Just before we started recording, uh, I saw a tweet come across from ABC campaign reporter Will Stakin, or Steakin. And we're recording this on a Friday, the Friday before uh, 4th of July. And he gives a preview of Trump's speech that he's going to give at Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. And 4th of July, of course, it's supposed to be a time of celebrating America's independence and liberty and freedom. It's supposed to be a time for unifying language. Plenty of presidents have given 4th of July speeches that are just boilerplate and you go out there and, and you say, you know, all the reasons America is great, the things that unite us as a people, and you move on. But he cannot do it. And and this tweet tells us that he is going to slam, quote, the left-wing mob trying to tear down our history. And he will further say that the left-wing mob and cancel culture are pushing totalitarian behavior Completely alien to American life. This is just incredibly divisive stuff. This is stuff that, if it were said at a campaign rally, it would make you raise an eyebrow. But he's saying this at a speech that is supposed to be a celebration of America. Instead, he's going to use it as a chance to slam a good chunk of the country. He's going to use it to be a, a political. Speech and I just continue to be perplexed because he seems to be running in an election from another year. Coronavirus is going wild in America. The economy is in the toilet despite the good jobs numbers from from the month of June. We still have unemployment of, I believe, 11%, and he's trying to make this about anything but that, but at the end of the day, I cannot see this sticking. This approach seems completely ludicrous.
1: Uh, yes. I mean, it is ludicrous. He's running a campaign in sort of 1963, I think, you know, it's, uh, who knows what, what goes on in his pea sized brain. But when, when you hear, when, when you, when I hear those words, when was, he's talking about what, when he talks about the American left, he talks about the American left as if they're not Americans, Right. This is a large percentage of the population. And even if you disagree with them, I mean, that was the one thing about Obama uh, that he would constantly, constantly try to reach out to across the aisle and talk about all Americans. I mean, the amount of shit that he got in for saying that some Americans, what was it, they cling to their guns and their religion, right, in times of hardship. And this taken as, you know, he hates America. He hates real Americans, i.e. white Americans. You know, and Obama is a divisive leader. When, you've got, when now you've got President Trump talking about the left as if, literally as if they're aliens, as if they're, 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 not, they're not humans. And even if the radical left, like the radical left, they're still Americans. Even if they are part of the radical left, they are still Americans. It doesn't matter how how divergent their beliefs are. They're still part of this country. I mean, it's like, should a Democrat get in, I still want all Americans to get health care, you know? Even if they have wildly differing beliefs than I do, I'd still vote for them to have access to, you know, decent medical care and a, and a good, pu- their kids can go to good uh, public schools and, you know, they don't get kicked off their their health insurance, etc., etc. But, but Trump genuinely does. He wants to punish. His, his, his political opponents. And that's not your job as president. Your, your job as president is to lead. He's only interested in leading half the country or a third of the country, you know, because he feels that they're the ones that are going to get elected and he can alienate and abuse and, and insult them. You know, And the fact that he, they do the same to him is neither here nor there. As a president, you're supposed to ignore it and rise above it. But as you say, he's completely incapable of behaving like a rational person or a leader. You know, and I think that this is why his uh, his poll numbers are in the toilet because the one thing that he has to do, the only thing he has to do to turn this around is to take some goddamn responsibility for himself. He has to take some responsibility. He has to reach out across the aisle. He has to talk to all Americans. He has to urge everyone to wear masks. Uh, he has to level with them. He has to be straight. He has to tell the truth. And he just can't do it. He, he is incapable, incapable of not being a vindictive selfish bastard
0: you know on holidays like 4th of July Christmas Memorial Day Veterans Day whatever it is his his twitter feed on those days it starts out with the obligatory merry christmas or happy 4th of July and then he he just gets political again because he's incapable. He's like, all right, now that I got that obligatory bullshit out of the way, let me talk about witch hunt, law and order, Chuck and Nancy, Obama was a failure, sleepy Joe Biden. He he is incapable of kind of instilling any lasting goodwill, like any take any holiday where the country is supposed to just forget all political bullshit and just for a day, be with their family, have beers and ribs in the backyard, or open Christmas presents. He doesn't have any time for that. Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas. And by the way, fuck the Democrats. Like, he's just incapable of presidenting. And by the way, about this South Dakota rally, they're not gonna, well, I mean, I I call it a rally. I guess technically it's not a rally. It's a celebration of America. But, you know, Trump's going to be there and he's going to make this political speech. So, yeah, it's a rally. So at this rally, they're not going to require masks and they will not be socially distancing, as the governor of South Dakota, Kristi Noem, announced.
1: I mean, what do you think Trump can do to turn this around? Do you think he has any capability of turning around, all the Republicans turning this around? Because we want to talk about the coronavirus pandemic and how bad that is. How does he turn this around? How does he – how do the GOP reverse this? Because this is going to come back and bite them in the ass so badly. They are collapsing in the polls. The, the Democrats are now, for, you know, according to a lot of polls, favoured to take the Senate, right? And this is a direct result of um, Trump's cat- catastrophic leadership during the coronavirus pandemic and the GOP leader's um, you know, all the all the uh, the the governors in Republican states, they they have single handedly created messes for themselves that could have easily been avoided. And I, d- I don't know how they reverse
0: it. I, I really don't know. Do you, you have any thoughts on that? Even if I didn't have access to any polls and, I, you know, I've just been following what's been happening in the year 2020, you would have to conclude that the the populace should be done with this guy. He just denied the coronavirus was going to be a problem. Then he downplayed it. He couldn't downplay it anymore. Now we're on fire with it. Uh, and they're mostly surging in states that voted for him. Nearly 75 percent of new cases in the last two weeks were in states that voted for Trump in 2016. So Even with the surge that we've had here in California, the red states are doing the bulk of the lifting. And I'm not really surprised because the the red states, they were largely spared at the beginning of this pandemic. And the states that were getting walloped were in the north, and those tend to be blue states. Leaders in the red states didn't take it seriously enough. They didn't think it would hit them or didn't think it would hit them as hard. And they thought it was going to be, you know, a a liberal state problem. But now it's gotten so bad, you know, like you got people like the governor of Texas, who's now issued a statewide mask mandate. So but just to just to go back and I guess to answer your question, is there a way Trump can turn this around? Maybe there's two ways. One, he suddenly stops being Trump. I don't think that's going to happen. So you can throw that out the window Two a terrorist attack where the people flee into Trump's arms cuz he's the tough guy as opposed to sleepy Joe Biden in November. I have no idea, but things look really really bad for this guy. The if you look at the
1: polling at the moment, it's absolutely catastrophic. He's got the worst polling I think uh, for any incumbent in nearly three decades, this is an article out in Newsweek this week and that looks at Trump's po- uh, looks at Trump's first of all in the national polls, right? In um, average of polls published by Real Clear Politics, Biden led Trump by nine point three percentage points, at forty nine point three percent to forty percent. Um, and so individually, some polls have put Biden as far ahead as by twelve percentage points. That is catastrophic. That's really, 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 really bad for, for Donald Trump. And if you look at the swing states, the swing states, it, it, that, that's another um, catastrophe for Trump. The, the swing states, if you look at the spread in um, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina and Arizona. So in Florida, Biden is up 49 uh, to 42.6 to Trump. Uh, in Pennsylvania, he's up 48.7 to 41.7. Uh, in Wisconsin, he's up 48.5% to uh, 42.0. He, in North Carolina, 47.2 to Trump's 44.2. In Arizona, 47 to 44. The lowest, uh, the lowest difference is is the three percentage points. I mean, that's that's really bad. That's really, really not good at all. And I think that, you know, from from all the reports that we've been hearing that the the GOP really is in panic mode at the moment. And they're desperately trying to Trump aid, desperately trying to get him to stay on message, to focus on, on on Joe Biden and to stop engaging in kind of insane Twitter battles with people, you know, people he has beefs with that Americans just don't care about at the moment. Americans care right now about the coronavirus, the pandemic that's, that's killing people and sending people to hospital. Uh, and they care about all the jobs that are being lost and the fact that they don't have enough money to pay their rent or their mortgage. And this is a, we, we've got a desire. And he's just making it worse and worse and worse. As, as the weeks go by and the less he does to combat this, the longer we have to wait for a, a, another stimulus bill to to go, to get passed the longer we have to wait for trump to take real action on the coronavirus the the, the worse it's going to get for him right so he's and but he doubles down on this culture war thing where he's made wearing a you know he made wearing a mask a whole symbol of of um, you know whether you're for him or against him um, he's basically complete he tries to ignore the, the coronavirus numbers in the hopes that it will boost the economy. And the fact is that, you know very interestingly, there was a there' are new statistics out this week. there was a new poll that was done about uh, Americans are now uh, not looking at the stock market as a reflection of how well the economy is doing. This is okay. This is an article uh, that was out today, youGov. So according to ongoing data compiled in the recent Economist YouGov survey, nearly two in five or 37 percent of Americans say jobs reports which have been steadily delivering grim news each week are the best indicator of the nation's economic health. Right, The percentage of those who believe such a metric is the best economic barometer has increased by 10 percentage points since February. In contrast, right, this is where it gets really interesting. Only one in ten or ten percent of Americans believe turning to the stock market index is the best way to gauge how well the national economy is doing. So the stock market is up, but jobs numbers are still bad are still extremely bad, and Donald Trump's numbers are in the toilet. So what does this what does this mean? It means that Trump's his ace card is not working. He has one hand to play, right, and that's the economy that he inherited from Obama anyway. He inherited a surging economy from Obama, passed massive amounts of tax cards while he got in office. So there was another sugar high for the stock market and for the ultra-rich. And then now, you know, now that we've got massive job, job losses coming through, the Fed has chucked God knows how much money at the stock market to ensure, to, to prop it up. So the stock market's still doing fine. But, the real economy is a very, very different picture. So that, that decoupling um, is, is, I think, very, very interesting and very telling about what's happening at the moment, that the economic situation on the ground is dire and Americans are no longer being duped by what they're seeing um, from the president and what they're seeing on Fox News. They understand that this is really, really bad. And they are opinion is shifting dramatically because of it, and I think that Trump's numbers are just sinking, and I don't see them getting better. I mean, can you envision a way of him turning it around? I mean, I know we, you know, we we just talked about this, but I, I scratch my head. I, what can he do? What, short of Joe Biden collapsing, what does he do? Well,
0: Trump could cheat. You know, th- there could be fuckery with True. the with the ballots, the reporting, they could close. You know, who knows? This, this pandemic is still going to be going on. So maybe in conservative states, you know, suddenly, you know, the, the number of polling locations in a predominantly Democratic area goes from 80 to 5, say, for example. Like, you know, who knows? I would not put anything past this guy. My inclination is... To say that the only way Trump can actually win is to cheat. But I will say that back in 1988, in July, in like mid July or late July, later than than we are now in this election cycle, Michael Dukakis led George H.W. Bush in a national poll by 17 points. By August, it was down to seven. And then by November, it had been completely wiped out, and George H.W. Bush became our 41st president. So let's not get complacent here. There's a scene in Pulp Fiction where Winston Wolfe tells the guys how to clean up the car and what to do, and Quentin Tarantino's character says, I, you know, I can't believe this is the same car, in which they just blew off somebody's head. And Winston Wolfe says... Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. That's the attitude that we need to take because there is a long way to go, even though, you know, I want to say there's no way this guy gets reelected. Let's not get complacent here. But to your point about the the stock market, I'm glad that so few Americans believe that the stock market is a reliable indicator of the how the overall economy is doing. We have had. I, I think the rise in in the markets is due to to many factors. One is the Fed promising, basically, that any time the market goes down, they're willing to do whatever it takes to you know try to grease it, um, whether it's quantitative easing, whether it's taking bad paper off the balance sheets of large banks and taking it onto their own. Um, but I just
1: think that I I love the term. I love the terms that the government uses to to really describe what socialism, quantitative easing. All these there are these fancy terms that the government uses to say that they're basically going to take taxpayers' money or blow up the deficit by inject and injecting it into the stock market or or it or, or um, propping up banks. Uh, it's really clever. It's really, really sneaky how, how they do it. Of course, if you're giving poor people money in America, that's socialism. But if you if you if you pump it into uh, into the stock market or you pump it into ba- the banking system, that's not socialism.
0: No, that's that, that's the American way right now. And, and so with the stock market, we've seen like a lot of brokerage firms they're reporting like a big uptick in the number of of accounts that they have. And a lot of new traders are coming in, and, and that's in part what is, along with with the Fed's moves, that's what's you know driving these markets higher. The company that exemplifies this kind of zero interest rate policy, easy money era that we live in right now is Tesla. Which you yeah, really yeah, love. I'm, I'm going to get an Elon Musk reference in here, but <laughs> a few days ago they hit. They're now trading at like twelve hundred dollars a share. And when they crossed like 1100 something, they became the automaker with the highest valuation in the world. They surpassed Toyota and that is insane. Tesla, had, they have never made an annual profit. Their CEO is a proven habitual liar. They have well-known accounting irregularities their bonds, their corporate bonds are at junk status. They're like a B3 or something, depending on which ratings agency you look at and how they've rated the Tesla bonds. But that's where we are right now. That's, that's where we are. And if you, if you want to talk about reality versus the stock market, look no further than Tesla because they're just the, the poster child for this, this decoupling, as you put it it's madness really that the that that society has gone slightly
1: crazy uh, well slightly crazy i say that it's gone completely insane but uh, well, i think which which moves us on to our next topic which is um uh, about how government officials are now treating experts and how fox news and um the the conservative media punditry class are treating experts right which is another kind of example of the very, very strange reality we're living in now where up, up is down and left is right uh, and the stock market's booming, but yet the economy's in tatters. And now you've got we, we've got this situation where Fox News presenters are basically telling us not to believe experts. Donald Trump is telling us not to believe experts. They're telling us not to believe what we're seeing with our own eyes, right? Which is where we're living in this sort of strange psychedelic trip where nothing is re- nothing is really real anymore uh, and it, i think it's deliberate as well you know it's, it's sort of decoupling from what's being reported and i think it's, it's very very deliberate because it, and, it, and it's there's a kind of foreboding sense of doom right that this is this this can't go on forever but yet it's a game that we play it's a game that we play where we believe donald trump um even though we know he's lying and we believe the stock market is an indicator of the economy when we know it's not I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. You know, the situation with the experts as well, I think, is particularly troubling, um, particularly with people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, who's been kind of routinely smeared in, in the right-wing media.
0: Also, those who have actually been using the expertise of Anthony Fauci and Dr. Burks and other virologists – There's just an outright hostility toward them. You know, when the experts were warning us, I actually have a clip here. I have a clip of of Ron DeSantis. This is the governor of Florida from May. This is a time when Florida was not experiencing the levels of COVID cases that they're experiencing now. I mean, they just surpassed, they they had 10,000 new cases yesterday. That is a massive amount of new cases. And it's because they had this lackadaisical attitude toward reopening. In some places in Florida, they they never even really closed. Again, it gets back to, you know, a lot of these southern states looked at the north and it's like, oh, that, that's a northern problem back in March, April, as late as May. And now they're seeing the effects. And so... This is the governor of Florida about a month or so ago, a month and a half ago. And here he's standing next to Mike Pence. Neither one of them has masks. And he is basically just mocking the media for their warnings and for them taking the experts seriously. And just as you're listening to this clip just know that he is literally wagging a finger in their faces. Like he's Dikembe Matumbo and he just blocked a shot. The arrogance here is stunning. Here's the clip. You got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. Whoops. Maybe you should have listened to those experts. What are the numbers today in Florida? Today I don't know. Yesterday they were they were 10 they surpassed 10,000. The death rate thankfully overall just in the country has decreased because the the average age of people being diagnosed with COVID now is younger than it has been in the past, and that's definitely helping, but the number of deaths is usually a lagging indicator because, you know, obviously, you could get COVID today, and then in two weeks or three weeks, you could die from it, and so, so that's going on. And also, you worry, how, like, how many of these younger people who are, like, at the bars, who you know? COVID doesn't affect them, and then they go and they hang out with their parents or grandparents, and and they end up getting it, and they're in a high risk category, and they end up dying.
1: I mean, what is Santis saying now? I mean, has he said anything, or is he is he kind of being, uh, is he keeping quiet?
0: Well, I'll tell you what he's not doing. He's not issuing a mask mandate, even though Democratic legislators in his state have sent him a letter. Asking him to do that, you know, like Abbott has done in Texas, who is a Republican. DeSantis is in kind of like a, a Trumpian mindset. I mean, you just heard that clip. It's tough to come back from that and then say, yeah, everyone needs to wear a mask. It's basically the sunk cost fallacy. DeSantis has put in so much political capital into this not being a big deal that, He's going to stick with it because then if he reverses himself, like it'll all be for naught. So he just has to keep leaning into this thing. uh, It's like he might feel that he's in too deep, like Trump feels that he's in too deep. And if he suddenly reverses himself on something like Abbott kind of did in Texas, he would come off as weak.
1: You know the usual thing is is to change the change the subject. You know, I mean, it's when you when you say something that's so, cl- you know, that you're proven so clearly wrong. When you're an immature person, when you're a child, you don't accept it, right? You just you claim it never happened, or you just change the topic completely. Which is, I guess, that's the kind of the way that the the Trump Republicans. Um, they, they operate, you know, they refuse to take responsibility for for anything. I was thinking about this a lot this week about what is it about the um, the sort of complete the immaturity of Trump Republicans and, and the right wing in general. They're, they're like the raging id of society. They're, they're, they're like unbridled teenage anger. That they ha- have yet, they're like unformed people, really. No one's told them to shut up. No one's told them to be quiet. No one's told them to clean up their mess. No one's told them to take responsibility for anything. And that's their entire sort of political platform really is you can have what you want you can take what you want you don't have to wear a mask you can infect whoever you you need to you can pollute the environment as much as you want you can be racist you can be sexist you can be uh, xenophobic you can do all of this stuff because it's your right to do to do so and fuck anybody else who says that you can't do that i think it's the sign of a deeply deeply immature society where i think america in particular has this problem It happens in other countries to varying degrees, but in America it is particularly prominent where you have this extremely immature element of society that just cannot ever confront reality. I mean, a lot of it's just about confronting reality, saying that coronavirus is not going to hit your state. And then it does. uh, And then you refuse to come out and say, hey, I was wrong. It's just it's a sign of just pretty insane immaturity and it's quite extraordinary coming from grown men and women i mean if you look at the smearing of like anthony fauci for example we've got some of the do we have some of the the quotes from um uh, fox news personalities about fauci
0: oh we do we do first donald trump retweeted something from an account called act for america which describes itself as We are the nation's largest grassroots national security organization with over 1 million members, whatever the fuck that means. Never heard of them before. Probably some type of grift. But they had a Twitter poll. Who do you trust most? And the options are President Trump, Dr. Fauci, and President Trump won with 90.2% of the vote. Donald Trump retweeted this. He retweeted this as kind of like a fuck you to Fauci and all of the other experts. Why you would retweet this about a member of your administration, the nation's leading epidemiologist appointed by Reagan, has obviously served Republican and Democratic presidents all the way up to Trump. He is an expert. He is a bureaucrat. No one had heard of this guy before the coronavirus. And the reason no one had heard of this guy is because he's just a professional who just minds his own business and has been thrust into the national spotlight because of this. You know, he he's not out there promoting himself. There are so many people in the federal bureaucracy who are actually good at their jobs, they are experts, they go to work, they quietly do their jobs, they enjoy their work, they're complete professionals, and that's what Anthony Fauci is. And now he is under attack because he is the messenger of information that people on the right do not want to hear. And so the general hostility toward experts and their knowledge has really been manifesting during this coronavirus, and I have to say, and and I'm going to go off on a bit of a bit of a rant here. There may be no group of people on Earth less equipped to endure and manage a pandemic than the Republican Party under Donald Trump. The guy is a pathological liar who has publicly made nearly twenty thousand false or misleading statements since becoming president. That's according to the Washington Post count. Meanwhile, you have Republican politicians and media types who have done everything to assure Trump and the public that this land of make-believe that Trump has created is in fact real. And so as an extension of that, anyone who threatens this Trumpian phantasmagoria with facts needs to be discredited. So we're seeing this massive surge in cases of coronavirus not seen in any other country right now except for maybe Brazil and we know that the only way to stop the spread and flatten the curve again is through a combination of mandatory mask wearing, social distancing and the shutdown of areas where cases are spiking. These are measures that virtually every public health official and expert in the country has advocated. But these are inconvenient facts. So they need to be ignored or distorted. The people saying this stuff need to be smeared as hacks and partisans. And conservatives have been doing this for decades. Whenever reality has threatened to undermine their agenda, as with climate change or with Darwinian evolution. And now health experts in their knowledge are under fire from, you know, reality challenge conservatives, public health officials across the country. They're receiving death threats simply for trying to educate the public and saying things like, wear a mask when you're in public. Some have resigned, some are now traveling with personal security because they fear for their lives because people have threatened them. And Fauci, you know, nationally, no expert has drawn more fire than Fauci, whose dire warnings about COVID-19 have been vindicated, and whose his insistence on social distancing and wearing masks have gone unheeded by a lot of people, including Trump. So, as expected, we're seeing conservative media, Fox News in particular, they have been especially vile in this area. So, Tucker Carlson, your your favorite over there, he called Fauci, quote, the chief buffoon of the professional level class. And Laura Ingram, who is also quite despicable, mocked Fauci for warning Congress that the U.S., when he testified before Congress um, a few days ago, that the U.S. could see 100,000 new cases a day before before too long. Considering that the number of daily cases went from 16,000 on June 1st to 44,000 on June 30th, 100,000 new cases a day is not a far-fetched number. She referred to him as Dr. Doom and said, quote, Can we admit that Fauci is working for the Biden campaign? For all we know, he could be Joe's running mate. Why not? And she had a graphic saying Biden Fauci 2020.
1: I see. I don't think Laura Ingram or Tucker Carlson are stupid, right? I think that they know better and they say this stuff just because they just because they know it plays well with their audiences, Right? And which makes it even more which makes it even more despicable. This is one of the reasons why I have such disdain for Tucker Carlson, who, who I, I, I should note uh, this week it was announced that he has the most successful cable news TV show in television history, which is incredibly worrying. There are lots of in fact you sent me the article this week about what was the article you sent me about about uh, Tucker Carlson 2024.
0: It was a Politico article titled "Tucker Carlson, 2024: The GOP is buzzing."
1: Yeah, you ru- you really ruined my evening uh, when you sent me that sent me that piece. <laughs> Whoops. Uh- You know, the the sort of disdain for experts and things like that is it's not because I think that they don't believe them necessarily. I think it's because they just know that it plays well with the base. Like Tucker Carlson, that's why I think Tucker Carlson is the most dangerous person in America, because he knows better. He understands what this is, yet he says this stuff anyway. He he attempts to undermine and smear people like Dr. Fauci, not because he thinks Dr. Fauci is wrong. It's because he, he he uses it almost as – people like Fauci as a scapegoat, right? You know, where they're saying things that aren't politically convenient for Trump Trump or Trump Republicans. So outright, you know, Tucker Carlson comes out on his show and spins a kind of fantastic tale about how basically – the mishandling of the coronavirus isn't actually donald trump's fault it's the medical professionals is the deep state right it's uh epidemiologists and virologists and 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 you know the the dastardly experts who think they're so arrogant and condescending that they think they know better than americans and they they better than average than, than regular people um so they trot out these disgusting arguments knowing full well that they're complete and utter nonsense but they do it anyway and and that's what really troubles me about people like laura ingram and tucker carlson i mean i do think laura ingram is probably quite stupid i i I think that she's not i don't think that she's a bright person uh, but I do think Tucker Carlson is a bright person. I do think he is clever, which makes him infinitely more dangerous. You know, and you know, and it's are lead- right. It's led to this sort of climate where experts and, and doctors and nurses are being spat at and having things thrown at them and being, you know, they have to have security to go just to go to the hospital just to go and do their job and to try and save people. You know, it, it really does make you wonder what, how you reverse all of this. How do you go about changing a culture when, and you know, and I, I, you know, sadly, I think the coronavirus is doing a rather good job of that. You know, it's basically infecting, you know, the people who are denying it are the ones getting infected by it, which is, I think, one of the, uh, the brutal sort of, um, realities of this of this pandemic is that you you know you can agree it doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree with the pandemic it's real and it's happening and you can die from it and it doesn't discriminate according to you know your your uh, your political leanings. so they can they can denounce it all they want but it's still coming it's coming for them and it's coming for their supporters
0: Americans have shown a propensity to believe things for which there is no evidence. The United States is probably the, mo- the most religious, major, industrialized country in the world. Like the polling on this has been pretty consistent. So I'll actually call the United States, the most religious major industrialized country in the world. I don't know if like believing a lot of this stuff primes Americans to believe things that are you know unseen, or Americans are just somehow predisposed to believing this stuff, and that's why religion has taken such a hold. But there are things that people believe in this country that are just mind-boggling to me, and and, and and I'm gonna pick on religion, <laughs> but I, I'll point out that this is not exclusive to that area. 42% of Americans, for example, think astrology is at least partially scientific. Now that, that was a poll, I think it was a Pew or a Gallup poll that I saw of like, uh, I saw it the other day, it was from like 2011 or something like that. Maybe things have changed since then, I hope so, I don't know. But that right there is an indication that we need more education and more especially critical thinking in our society. I mean, we believe in angels and demons and things that go bump in the night. Crazy high numbers of Americans believe in crazy religious things. And look, as an atheist, I think all religious beliefs are kind of crazy, but some are definitely crazier than others. Like the fact that According to Gallup poll last year, 40% of Americans think that God created humans in their present form in the last 10,000 years. These are people who reject evolution. They reject the big bang theory. They think the earth is like less than 10,000 years old. That's 40% of Americans. The country has 340 million people. That is a lot of fucking people who believe that another 40%, and it's probably the exact same 40%, think that Jesus will return in their lifetime. And the last stat that I have, and this will probably offend a few listeners, 77% of Americans believe in angels. Literal angels. So, is it really any surprise that Americans, and in particular conservative Americans, not that this is an exclusively conservative problem, it is not, but conservatives in particular who tend to be the most religious are prepared to reject the stark reality of COVID-19 that's staring them right in their face. I mean, like, does this thing have to kill them before they finally understand who knows maybe maybe that's what they want that way they you know they meet Jesus in heaven earlier they won't even have to wait until he comes back in 2030 or whenever they think he's coming back
1: right I mean I, I, I think that um, you know when you're gonna find religious extremism um, anywhere where you have a kind of a not particularly educated population, uh, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that sets America apart from a lot of other Western countries is just how poor the edu- public education system is, and how l- how little money is put into uh, you know solid um, uh, public e- education. I mean, at least it's not it's it's spread the the way that schools are funded is it, you know it's not good. Um, it's done by you know property taxes basically pay for public schooling. In most parts of the country, and because of that, I think that you've got in you know in the poorer the area, um, or the more conservative the area, the less money there is for public education. Less public education there is, the less you have an ability. You know, your critical thinking skills are not taught, Uh, and the more you have people who are unable to differentiate between fact and fiction, um, or even metaphor. Right? So, I mean, you know. You and I probably disagree with this a bit. I have less of a problem with religion. Um, I don't mind religion so much uh, when you take things metaphorically speaking. So, you know, so I, I feel like you know you can read the Bible or the Quran or whatever it is, and if you take a lot of the the stories as metaphor, um, that's that's a you know that would be a kind of an intelligent way of looking at it. But if you're believing it literally, then um, you, you know it's clearly a lack of critical. You, you haven't. Um, you know, your your critical thinking skills are really not very highly developed and your emotional maturity as well. So I feel that, you know, and in America where you've got a particularly sort of vapid narcissistic culture anyway, coupled that with chronic lack of education, uh, then it's, it's a population that's absolutely primed to believe in pretty much anything. You know, you get a con man like Donald Trump coming along because it is, it's a religion. Trumpism is... is is now basically a religion. I mean, it's a cult. It's a death cult. And whatever the the great leader says, they believe it. You know, without fact checking, they don't need to read facts because it's all fake news and it's CNN and CNN are fake news. And they take that just on faith. You know, there's no actual critical thinking going on. It's just whatever Trump says, that must be the truth. You know, whatever CNN says, it must be wrong because it's CNN or the New York Times. And Trump has said it's fake news. You know so yeah we we we're, we're in this terrible situation right now where you've got this vast you know swaths of the country that are unable to process information properly uh, and and are, are basically primed to you know buy into to a cult which is now exactly where we are
0: i agree with you on our public education system and how it is i i mean we're just compared to other you know, major countries, it's inadequate. On the other hand, you know, when kids go to school, they learn things. And then when they go home and they're being taught religious things that like kids are to some degree being taught how to think critically and use evidence-based arguments, not nearly as much as, as they should be taught that stuff. I think, I basically think there should be a nationwide mandatory critical thinking, (laughs) you know, curriculum from, middle school till you graduate high school or, or beyond college if you go to college I, I think that would do the country a world of good but a lot of times I mean these public schools when they're when they're teaching real stuff to kids they're also competing with the fake stuff that they're being taught at home and in, in their churches like the earth is less than 10,000 years old like how do you reconcile that you know you, you're learning in in biology class that human beings uh, as a species began around 100 between 100 and 200,000 years ago. And then you go to Sunday school and they're teaching you that God created humans in their present form within the last 10,000 years. So there's a bit of a competition there between the schools teaching real information and, and the churches teaching nonsense. And even, by the way, a lot of schools teach this nonsense. A lot of Christian schools, I think Liberty University, which was founded by Jerry Falwell and is now being run by his equally fraudulent son, it's being run by Jerry Falwell Jr. I believe they they teach creationism. It's just crazy. So, but yeah, I agree with your overall point that, you know, public education needs to be better in this country and and I agree that you know, if people take religion metaphorically, that that's fine. If they find you know valuable lessons in in some of the the teachings, I have no problem with that. But don't try to jam this stuff into the into the public square. Don't take it literally. If you if you're taking it literally, then there is a problem. These these texts, the Quran, the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, these should be viewed like any other work of fiction and that's again that's probably going to piss some people off but whatever you just need to understand that these books were written at a time when human beings knew so little about the world and 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 their content oftentimes reflects that
1: well i mean i'm reading i'm actually reading the bhagavad gita at the moment
0: that's a great text
1: it's a great, it's a fantastic text. I mean, but, I you know, I think it's clearly written as, as, as a metaphor. You know, it's not, it's not a literal, it's not literal. And, and I think that um, anybody who does take it literally, I, I don't even see the value in reading it, taking it literally. I mean, it's it's, it's clearly a, a text to be taken metaphorically. But yes, no, you I, I, I concur 100%, you know, and, and I think it's lack of, but look, I, I think that funding public education, it certainly can't hurt, you know, It can't hurt. The more education you have, yes, you're going to have crazy people teaching their kids crazy things. But you have more of a chance of kind of um, ironing it out, or or at least reducing the impact if you if you start properly funding public education and having a kind of a sensible, sensible curriculum. Particularly, like you say, you know, perhaps critical thinking component would be, um, you know, would would be. I think that's much needed in this country. It's like looking through. And there's so many people who are unable to do this. I look through, like, you know, on Facebook, it's the number of people, not just on the right, but on the left too, or the new age conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, uh, with an inability to comprehend what a vaccine is and why vaccines are important uh, and and why Bill Gates is not uh, funding genocide in Africa um, or India uh, and isn't trying to start a world government or microchip your baby. The, the, these are things these are a severe lack of critical thinking skills that that lead people down these rabbit holes um and i think it's a, it's a emotional immaturity as well it's it, it's a mixture it's a mixture of 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 an intellectual deficit and also that of an emotional there's an emotional component to it where you are ba- it's basically immature and you're not willing to kind of to hear the truth. You're not willing to, it's, it's always really easy to find a bad guy or to find something, someone else to blame or, or, uh, you, you know, an, an easy way out of something, you know? Uh, and I think religion provides that for a lot of people. I think new age conspiracy theories, uh, provide that for a lot of people. And I think what it is, is a real lack of, um, you know, look, because, you know, let, let's take the coronavirus pandemic, for example, the coronavirus pandemic, I mean, if you talk to anybody who studies um, ecology or who studies environmentalism, they'll tell you very, very clearly that what's, what we're seeing now is a direct result of human interference in the natural world. We're destroying and exploiting habitats that we have, that we don't understand. And we're releasing all sorts of, of, of dangerous pathogens into what, into the environment that the human, the humans are just not, you know, we haven't, experienced them before so uh you know and that's exactly what the coronavirus w- was as well so this is difficult f- to come to terms with say so like okay we need to change the way that we behave this is our fault we have to stop doing this we have to clean up our mess we have to respect the natural world right or you can say oh no no, no what it is it's the government it's the government and they're kind of you know it's a conspiracy theory and they're trying to like make us take vaccines and Whatnot, um, you know. I think it's a, it's an easy way out. It's an, it's escapism, right? And it's a way that you don't have to take any responsibility for your own actions or the actions of of you know your 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 fellow man. You know, where I think the the, the hard thing to do is be like, okay, look, this is what's happening, and this is how this is how we get out of this mess. But it, it requires a level of kind of self-examination. Um, and, and honesty that, that a lot of people just don't
0: have. We we get a lot, a lot of work to do in this country. We are the richest country in the world, uh, perhaps in world history. We have access to all these experts and all this expertise and all this knowledge and all these innovations, and so many of us just say, you know what, we're all set with that. We don't need to avail ourselves of these resources. We're just going to live with our delusions and our biases. And just regardless of what reality says, we're going to exist in this bubble. And it's just it's really, really it's it's a tragedy, really.
1: It, 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 It really is. Must do better, America. Must do better. Vote. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. also, and vote. I think on on, on that note, I think uh, we'll we'll leave it for this week. We will have some good news at some point, I think. Um, Probably we'll have to wait for our good news episode till after November. Um, We've promised (laughs) that to our listeners, that we're going to do a a, a total good news podcast. But uh, there is not much going on right now that's good, um, unfortunately. But perhaps this, this is where we need to be, and it has to get bad before we can get better. That's my positive spin on it. Well said. Also, um, if you'd like to get a 50% discount on a Bantam membership, you can click on the, uh, the link below. You'll see a nice uh, red button with a link to a uh, discount, and you'll get all of our, um, our premium articles delivered, uh, and you'll get access to the locked archive. Also, read Mike Mike's website, newdealdemocrat.com. Uh, Mike, anything else to say before we before we uh, take off for the weekend?
0: I hope you've all had a wonderful 4th of July weekend.
1: Yes, you too. Exactly. And and you too, Mike, man. Have a good one. And we'll see you soon, everyone.